Hi, everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman. From time to time on this podcast series, I'll be taking you to spectacular places where you can just chill out, do some yoga, meditate, eat really healthy food, and really dig deep uh, into that mind-body-spirit connection. On this episode, I'm taking you along with me to Yogaville. Now, Yogaville is a really special place. It's actually an ashram. And when you drive up, you might think this is reminiscent of some of the cults you may have heard about back in the 70s or 80s or whenever that was that cults were around. But it is the most beautiful, peaceful, tranquil place I have been to in a long time. It's in southwestern Virginia, about 190 miles south of Washington, D.C. It's close to the Blue Ridge Mountains, so you see beautiful scenic views of the mountains everywhere you go. And there are hiking trails. There are places to go and meditate. There is yoga from literally the crack of dawn or before to uh, the evening and many different types of yoga. Um, The basic form of yoga that they do at Yogaville is integral yoga. It is a form of yoga that focuses on preparation for meditation, really, which is what all yoga is about. Actually, yoga is about preparing us for being able to sit in meditation for long periods of time so that the body is limber and can actually stay in a seated, upright position in a meditative state for extended periods. At 12 o'clock every day, there is a a group meditation, and you go into this giant lotus. Literally, it's a lotus that was designed and built by Swami Satchidananda, who founded the center. And you go into this lotus, and you sit and meditate with people from all over the world. It's really fascinating and, and beautiful. And it's a half an hour, the bells ring at 12 noon, and then they ring at 1230. And that's the end of the meditation. But it's It's such a nice opportunity to create a discipline of meditation that I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh, the food at Yogaville, it's vegetarian and it could be vegan if you're vegan. Three solid meals a day. There's so much to choose from. If you are just testing out or leaning in, as the new uh, cool thing to say is, vegetarianism or veganism, you will have plenty to um, to try, plenty of different foods. I mean, one day we had mashed potatoes, and there was always uh, an abundance of veg- vegetables, lots of fruit. Every morning they had steel-cut oats in the morning. Play. Oh, there was great salad bar. Oh, my goodness. The salad bar was so awesome, and they had beets. I ate beets every day. And, um, I don't need to tell you what beets does to the, <laughs> I, let's just say I knew I had beets every day. But the food was delicious. On Saturday night, they have what is called a satsang, where they get together and they um, they sing, they chant, and the, everybody is welcome to come to satsang. And they have, uh, show a video of Swami Satchidananda one of his teachings and then they usually have a special guest a speaker and the speaker on the Saturday night that we were there was a woman who was getting ready to take her third journey to the um, Camino in Spain that the pilgrimage and she talked about it and she showed um, she showed some pictures and it was really interesting and just a really diverse group of people there and just really wonderful oh I didn't even talk about the accommodations okay first of all the accommodations you can you can they vary you can take sort of the budget route and uh, bunk with um, 
some other people, either people that are staying there for yoga teacher training, which is one of the big activities there, or you can have you can have a private room. And I chose a private room and it was very comfortable. I had my own bathroom. It was clean. Everything was, it was really nice, but it was very sparse. Um, no TV, no, just, just very quiet, a lot of time for contemplation. And pretty much I just kind of went to bed after all the activities were over. I was tired. We, we did a lot of hiking and we did a lot of yoga and you know, I was ready for bed at the end of the night. And boy, did I sleep well there. It was great. But um, they don't allow cell phones in a lot of the areas. There is no Wi-Fi except for in limited amounts. And in there, they have a coffee shop where you can go in and have Wi-Fi. So you're really unplugged when you go to Yogaville. And it's amazing what that does for you just for a couple of days. So I highly recommend it. And the best part about Yogaville is the price. The price was amazing. We went with a group and I think we spent, it was off season, so it may have been $75 a night. I think on season, it's a little bit more, but not much more. So take a look at yogaville.org and um, check it out for yourself. And maybe you can take a group down there and explore your own body, mind, spirit connection. Well, one of the one of the best things about the weekend, on Friday night, we had our own private speaker. Um, Dr. Amrita Sandra McClanahan, MD, came and did a talk on the benefits of yoga and a vegan diet. And she was fascinating. She works with uh, some of the most well-known MDs in the holistic movement in this country she has for many, many years. And she's the resident doctor there at Yogaville. And she came and and talked to us. And um, let me just read you her bio. And then I will play the recorded lecture that she gave us because it's fascinating. Amrita Sandra McClanahan, MD, is a nationally recognized authority on preventive medicine, nutrition, stress reduction, and primary family health care. As doctor of stress management training at the Preventive Medicine Research Institute for 20 years, she worked with Dr. Dean Ornish to document the benefits of dietary change and stress management to prevent and treat cardiovascular disease and cancer. Dr. McClanahan is the author of the book, Surgery and Its Alternatives, How to Make Make the right choices for your health and is the medical consultant for the book Dr. Yoga. So take a listen to Dr. McClanahan and see if anything um, sits well with you. Yoga is not just that you stand on your head, it's that you stand well on your feet and that that every day has its own beauty and every moment has its own, is a meditation. Not just that you sit in a corner like a rock, but that your whole life becomes more wonderful through yoga. And not just for the body, because body is temporary. More for the mind and the spirit, which needs to be cultivated in our culture. So, shall we start with three ohms together? Do you know how to ohm? It's a way of just releasing and relaxing that chattery mind into a more peaceful place. So we just do three ohms together. Ooh. Ooh. 
शांति 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 सो वेलकम एवरीबडी सो टुनाइट आई थॉट एंड आई वॉज एस्ट टू स्पीक अबाउट न्यूट्रिशन एंड योगा बोथ सो आई हैव हैंड आउट फॉर द न्यूट्रिशन पार्ट इन पैसेज अराउंड दिस विल गिव यू प्रिटी मच वट यू नीड टू नाउ एंड you open up you get to see what celebrities are vegan these days <laughs> more and more because they realize you look better and you don't age as much and it's easier to keep it your right way so um then you turn to page 2 and that's what interests uh me particularly as a doctor these are all the diseases you get to avoid uh first of all heart disease the most common disease in america one out of two americans develops heart disease more women than men actually die from heart disease uh they're protected before menopause but quickly catch up to men and then exceed them after menopause um it's the leading cause of death it is the most prevalent risk factor is high blood pressure and high cholesterol both of which are lowered on a vegan diet um animal products are inflammatory we now know inflammation is strongly associated with heart disease so we can make heart disease uh Dr. Ornish who did the research uh on reversing and preventing heart disease um and I worked with him he said heart disease could be as rare in this country as malaria is in this country who do you know as malaria hardly anybody right mm-hmm. if we all went vegan so we can do it and he's educating the people in the white house they had him in the white house teaching all those people they had him at camp david they had him at uh the Walter Reed Army Hospital the the world is waking up president clinton vegan now because he had a bypass and then two of his bypasses clogged up and uh so he only had two, two vessels left feeding his heart he got very serious about diet and heart disease so then number 2 diabetes is an epidemic the predictions are by 2050 half of americans will be diabetic uh right now it's 1 in 5 and uh we're really at a huge huge epidemic level and it's such a devastating disease so many side effects um limb loss blindness early early death um heart attacks more common and alzheimer's more common strokes more common so again we can prevent and reverse diabetes there's a youtube called reverse diabetes in 30 days It's a very funny YouTube if you have anybody with diabetes in your family or know anybody have watched that. It's really great because you come he takes 10 diabetics and he takes them to a retreat where they only have vegan food and the first few days they're like what is this? And then they get used to it and gradually you see their blood pressure come down, their cholesterol come down in the end. They're almost all of them off of all medication and I had a patient who in one month he had diabetes for 10 years. It was gone in one month. one month. So it's worth doing. Obesity, we're at an epidemic rate, it increases risk for heart disease and <coughs> stroke and um diabetes. Uh just losing weight can help reverse diabetes. So, it's easier to keep your weight down if you eat fruits and vegetables. You cannot gain weight eating fruit. You can't. Because there's only 60 calories per piece. This whole glycemic index is crazy. You can't gain weight eating fruit. You can't. Can you touch on the part where people are there's a lot of diet saying don't eat fruit? I know, it's crazy. Can you talk about that at all? It's a certain amount of craziness is what it is. 
it's just one person who invented this idea and they lost weight because they restricted calories that's why they lost weight not because they restricted fruit <coughs> because they restricted calories and um, and it didn't stay off. It's not a very successful long-term program, the Atkins and those programs, not very successful. The protein, high-protein diets don't really work very well. Over time, people give them up. They can't stand being without sweet things. And the best sweet thing is fruit, because it doesn't stick to your teeth and cause tooth decay. So it's much healthier than sugars and cookies and cakes. I feel like the, the media in different places are giving fruit a bad name. It's, it's sugar, you know. They it, it's terrible. It's a, it's a wrong choice. We need fruit. It keeps your arteries flexible because it has magnesium and potassium in it, which are very important for your health. What about fruit juice? Fruit juice, no. That's inflammatory. Concentrated sweets make your blood sugar go up. But fruit has fiber, so it's absorbed slowly. So you can't gain weight. It's only 60 calories per banana. <laughs> they have a very popular diet in Japan. It's called the banana diet. When it came out, nobody could find bananas anywhere. It was so popular. Because you eat bananas, they make you feel full. And there's only 60 calories per. So it really works. So overcome obesity on a vegan diet. And the vegan diet is basically whole fresh fruit, whole fresh veggies, whole grains, and beans. Those four food groups. The four food groups we grew up thinking were healthy. One was meat, one was dairy, one was fruit and vegetables, one was grains. Guess how much science that had behind it? Zero. It was invented by General Mills to sell cereal. So what we thought was a balanced diet was marketing, was advertising to sell stuff. You've got to be careful what headline you read. And it, I know, it's so confusing about diet. There's a headline every day and another headline contradicting it. But I'm trying to give you my, I did research on this. This is my area of research with Dr. Ornish. We showed that you could reverse heart disease. And he went into West Virginia, the, one of the fattest states in the, in the United States, put people on the vegan diet. In one year, 95% reversed their heart disease. Even in West Virginia, they could do this. If you had to contemplate having a buzzsaw open your chest and veins taken out of your leg and bypass and half of them clog up in five to 10 years, Half of the bypasses clog up like Clinton's did. You might think twice about tofu then. <laughs> Developing tofu with mustard, very delicious. Okay. Does it all have to be organic? It would be ideal if it's organic because it's better for the planet. It's, it's better for you not to have pesticides, which are carcinogenic, which are cancer causing. So, and it, and it gives you more nutrition, although you read these headlines that it doesn't. It does, because when they put more nutrients in the soil, there's more nutrients. I can tell the difference in taste, try it sometimes, between an organic banana and a regular banana. There's a huge difference in taste. Why? Because it, a lot more nutrients are put into the soil. They use three nutrients when they do the mass farming, potassium, phosphate, and nitrogen. And all the other ones, magnesium and manganese and zinc and all those things are left out. And so we're getting food that doesn't taste very good and then they try to splice it up with new genes and make GMOs so it tastes better. It's crazy, it's crazy making. But here's the deal. When we vote for more organic, they'll grow more organic. Everyone who buys more organic is voting for it. So we're voting for more of that. We're saying, okay, put more. And if you notice, when you buy organic, the, the organic section gets bigger. In almost all stores, it's getting bigger these days because people are making the effort to do that. They don't want to expose their kids to these pesticides. 
And insecticides, they're very toxic stuff. If they can kill insects, think what they do to you. And uh, the Roundup Ready uh, stuff gives you all kinds of other side effects too. And now it's stopping working. So they're going to have to develop some more because the insects are getting smart. They're getting Roundup smart. So this whole I- idea of cycles, and uh, it's, well, anyway, it's very important. And they talk about that in this little handout here too. But here's the thing. It's an effort and it costs a little more, but, but you save money because meat's expensive. So why is meat so cheap? Because it's supported by the government. Our taxes are going to make meat cheap, and it's bad for us. So our government needs to change their priorities. Uh, we need to educate ourselves. Right now we know more, the general public, than most doctors and most people. And Dr. Ornish and Dr. Oz and lots of other people are trying to educate at the highest levels. Dr. Oz, a few weeks ago, gave a talk to all the governors of all the states about how important it is to make directions moving this way. So um, osteoporosis, we see these milk mustaches. It's not true. The the nurse's study showed the more dairy you ate, the more osteoporosis you had. Why? Because dairy is for growing calves, not for adult humans. No animal in all creation eats dairy after weaning. Why do we think it's good food for us? It's for growing calves. It increases the growth of abnormal cells and increases your risk for cancer. Why don't we know this? Why doesn't every American know this? 75% of the U.S. Department of Agriculture paid for by the meat and dairy industry. Yeah. So you're saying it's promoting the growth of cancer cells. The growth of cancer cells. The book to read if you want. I'm giving you a book list so you can read about it. There are doctors who know these things and they are teaching these things. But the best, most important book in the last 50 years on nutrition is called The China Study. It's written by Colin Campbell, a very ethical PhD researcher who went to China expecting that the more meat and dairy people ate, the, more, the healthier they'd be, and he found the opposite. That meat and dairy are acidic. When you, when you eat acidic foods, they pull the calcium out of your bones. So they cause osteoporosis. So stress causes osteoporosis. Too much caffeine causes osteoporosis. So again, we can avoid cancer. The major forms of cancer are fat-related. Cancer of the breast, prostate, colon, all red meat cancer-related absolutely fat related. So we can prevent the major forms of cancer and skin cancer less common in vegans too. Good. So and foodborne illnesses and uh, excess use of uh, antibiotics. Now that all these antibiotics used to the cows getting into the water supply and we're eating them and it's creating all these superbugs and and it's getting into the air. Uh, We're inhaling some antibiotics right now from all these mass farming. Is the horrible mass farming. So you get to see what you get in terms of protein and all the things that you get from a vegan diet. Beans have more protein per pound than beef. So they're a better choice. They also have fiber, which animal products don't. They also have phytonutrients, which are the antioxidants that keep you younger. So I just tell people, eat the rainbow. Eat all the colors. Don't eat the dark... uh, or white things. Even eggs, the study came out from Harvard last month. Eggs, almost as bad as cigarettes for the lining of your arteries. They're inflammatory and they inflame the artery line. However, whole fresh fruit, whole fresh vegetables, whole grains and beans and things made out of beans. And soy is safe. Soy is safe. The the AMA actually did a study where they fed soy to women who had breast cancer. They had less recurrence. So it helps keep you safe. 
to prevent the major forms of cancer. So if you continue on, you see the horrible way animals are treated in this country. You might want to just go through that quickly. And uh, then protect the world one bite at a time. And finally, uh, a trip to the market, what to buy, and some recipes for life in the back. So everything you need for a healthy diet is right here. Now the yogis pretty much, the yoga tradition recommended a vegan diet because it keeps the mind more calm. Uh, th they did a study at Harvard where they put beef disguised in biscuits and fed it to vegetarians. It was one of those studies, you know. And it was a double-blind crossover study, so you couldn't taste the beef in the biscuits. And it raised blood pressure, it raised cholesterol, but most interestingly, it raised anxiety level. Animals, when they're killed, they secrete hormones of fear, and when you eat them, <coughs> the breakdown products of those hormones affect your hormonal output. So the Buddhists say, when you don't eat animals, you have no destiny with animals. Your karma with animals is good, <laughs> as opposed to not good. So you don't have to meet all those 10,000 headless chickens on the other side. Um, Yes, yes. Well, you can apologize to them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Chickens are kind of cool. I think if we had to kill our own food, we a lot more people would be vegetarian. All right. So now, uh, <laughs> other questions about diet supplements. Um, I'll pass out my book list next. So. I, I have my book list here, and I shamelessly put myself on top. <laughs> I have two books and two DVDs, which you can buy from Amazon for a penny, which is really cool. Surgery and Alt its alternatives I wrote with my brother, who's a surgeon. He argues in favor of surgery and IRU against for 200 different diseases. But it's a whole tour of the body, and it's a whole introduction of how yoga works. And he made me footnote everything, so the science is all in there. Then Dr. Yoga is takes you through a yoga class which uh, and tells you how it works, which I'm going to talk to you about it, uh, in my next section. In the next half hour, I'll talk about how yoga works. Health Yoga and Anatomy is the basic uh, DVD where I, I draw the different organs on somebody's body. Do you have a copy of that to show them? I've seen it. Yeah. I don't have a copy. Yeah. Maybe you might want to show it to them sometime. They, 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 um, and then I put them through a yoga class to show it how it affects the organs. And then living yoga is, is really, living yoga is only 10 bucks. You can buy it at the front desk. If you know anybody with heart disease, that's the one to start with. So that tells about yoga and how. This fellow who had, had five heart attacks is interviewed in the DVD. Five heart attacks. He was getting ready for the transplant list for him. He had so little heart left. And um, they wanted to plant, uh, implant a permanent defibrillator in him. And so he started on this program, and he re not only did he reverse his disease, but his heart is healthier than most people walking around. So you can reverse this disease. It's so exciting. So, um, and then vegetarian diet. Here are my basic books on that. The China study is the one I would put a star next to. And then all these others. Dr. Barnard, you might have seen him on TV. He's up in Washington, D.C. And uh, Dr. Furman. You might have seen him on PBS also talking about diet. Then um, these other books are specifically for, say, if you want to learn more about yoga, then heart disease. If anybody has heart disease, these are my favorites. I, I particularly like 
number two, prevent and reverse heart, heart disease by Esselstein. He's a doctor who, he started to see his friends having heart attacks, and he said, this has got to stop. So he decided to test out if vegan diet could reverse disease, and he showed that it could. And so he is on the DVD, uh, which is mentioned above, called Forks Over Knives, and it should be Forks Over Scalpels. And, uh, and also he's interviewed by um, doc, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. You can watch him online for free in a, a piece called The Last Heart Attack, which is Sanjay Gupta talking about how vegan diet could prevent and reverse heart disease. And he interviews Dr. Esselstein. His son is a, is a firefighter and a, and a triathlete. He wrote Engine Number no. 2 Diet, book and DVD. He found out that the number one um, occupation at risk for heart, heart attacks is firefighters. Sit around all day drinking coffee and eating donuts, then all of a sudden, boom, so much stress. And so he put everybody in his firehouse on a vegan diet. Their blood pressure came down, their cholesterol came down, they lost weight, they felt great. He put himself on it, and as a triathlete, he improved his uh, triathlete times. So he now is teaching firefighters around the country this program. And then cancer, my favorite here is uh, uh, Eating Right for Cancer Survival and the Cancer Survivor's Guide, which are a book and DVD that Dr. Barnard did. And it's very exciting to think that you could reverse cancer. And when Dr. Ornish and I were in the White House, we had a day of yoga in the White House last April, a year ago, and we were teaching the West Wing and the East Wing. He presented his slides of showing prostate cancer tumors shrinking down with the vegan diet, which is very wonderful. And diabetes, you can, there's a cure for diabetes. Um, uh, talks about the program that you can reverse diabetes in 30 days. This is type 2 diabetes. Um, weight loss, there are, are a bunch of books. Uh, the 21 Day Kickstart is my favorite, comes with a DVD. And um, then fasting, arthritis, the brain. Uh, Dr. Barnard has a new book, I'm not on this list, it's called Power Foods for Keeping the Brain Healthy. And then Caffeine Blues about the bad effect of caffeine. <laughs> it makes you more tired. Okay, so questions? Yes. Oh, it should be there. McDougal Plan, one of my favorites. He's got a great website too. Lots of stuff on his website. I I do mention him at the end that you can go to his website. I like it because he talks about eating starches because you can't really live on vegetables. Yes, he is. He's basing his uh, his on whole grains. Yes, whole grains, vegetables, fruits. Beans. Starch, potatoes, yeah, potatoes, potatoes, yeah, yeah. brown yeah. rice, Hungry. yeah, Cigarettes. yeah. So, can I ask yes. you a question? I just brought, bought their veggie patch chicken nuggets for my kids, but that seems so processed, and I can't read the ingredients. So, what <laughs> do you agree with stuff like that? I think in a in a pinch, yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's but that it's, first it's healthier. Real chicken? Yes, yes. Yes, because the real chicken has even has fat among the fibers. You can't get rid of it, even if you eat skinless chicken. It's still going to have inflammatory type fats, type six and nine, particularly nine. Omega nines are very inflammatory. So, even fish is being pushed, pushed, pushed as its health food. Well, it's healthier compared to red meat, but beans are healthier still. 
So even if you go to Neil Barnard's websites, he'll he'll talk about that, the relationship of it. And there's there's a website called uh, vegsource.com that has a lot of veg stuff in it. I do believe in supplements. I think everybody should take a good multivite. The one I like is VM75. Uh, Whole Foods makes their own brand. Solgar has one. It has 75 milligrams of B, so you get a lot of bang for the buck. We're overusing and using up our B vitamins because of Thomas Edison. If we were living a natural life, we'd all be asleep by now. In, in 1900, the average person slept 10 hours a night. <laughs> we're pushing ourselves. And so because of that, we're using up B vitamins, where the highest concentration of B is in the adrenals. Our adrenals are going overtime. And a multivitamin with a good B is a good idea. Um, just found out that calcium uh, is related to increased risk in heart attacks, especially in men, but also some studies say in women. And so if you take calcium, make sure you balance it with magnesium and take the slow-release calcium. Everybody needs a little extra vitamin D. Once again, we are not in the sunshine enough, so we're vitamin low in vitamin D. The best thing is to get your vitamin D level checked. Okay, so now I'm ready with this. Da-da-da, more handouts. I think a lot of people, um, they, don't, they don't hear from their primary doctor. That we don't hear a lot about how food prevents diseases. What you hear are commercials about medications. Mm -hmm. And people still have the mindset that you, when you get a disease, you take a medication. It seems like preventative medicine is yes. still not yeah enough people no. the general public knows much more than doctors now because doctors are taught oh, yeah, two things <laughs> doctors the doctors go out of business if, they, if you don't come back every month for your prescription it's not that i think most doctors are much try to help people but they're only trained in two things drugs and surgery that's it that's what the medical schools and it's paid for by the drug industry and so it perpetuates itself but it will eventually change because there's a beautiful moment in the movie Gandhi. I like that movie. In the very beginning, it, there's a quote from Gandhi. He says, I trust that in the end, truth and justice will win. And then there's a pause, dot, 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 because they always do. <laughs> so that's my faith, is that with, I mean, yoga is everywhere now. Tom Brokaw's doing yoga. It works. It works, and once you get into it, you then the other pieces of the lifestyle become more interesting to you too. And people are waking up to diet. They don't want to get sick. So these drug ads make me burst out laughing. It's so clear that you trade one disease for another. So they list all the good things in the beginning and then all the bad things you're going to get in exchange for taking this drug. And there are 10 of them I've counted so far that have increased risk of death at the end. Now, who in their right mind would take a medication that will increase your risk of death? Well, they play really good that, that beautiful butterfly, <laughs> the Lunesta, it's so beautiful, it's a, it's a shame. That, that Luna moth, it's a moth, it, you see it here in Virginia at night in the summer. It's a beautiful moth, it's too bad it's associated with such a horrible thing. Because, increased risk of death, you will sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The pain uh, away. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Diet overdose of same thing, sleeping pill. Yeah. How much training do patients uh, get for diet? Zip. Maybe zip. Basically zip. 
basically said. Like so. Because he was a doctor. And they and got fired for, for getting people healthy. Yeah, it really. The China study said he couldn't have written this book uh, until he retired from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. He was working for them because he would have been fired. Yeah. So, they don't but out. it's the same Which way. It's money. It's money. You can't well, make money on vegetables like you and, can. With and and people here. perpetuate their own ways of thinking and only exposed to a certain amount of information. So the general public is waking up and learning. Yeah. You all are part of the change. We want to be the change we want to see on the earth. So here's I see it in the way natural childbirth came about. In the beginning, all childbirth was natural, and then all these interventions, and then the doctors got all carried away with their interventions. And then natural childbirth started with a movement outside the hospital, where women wanted to go back to do, and there were birthing centers. And then the obstetricians started losing some patients to them. So then they got a little more open, and the nurses educated, and their wives educated. Now you can walk into any hospital and ask for natural childbirth. And they have birthing centers that are very natural-oriented tubs in the hospitals, who knew, squat bars, things like that, that would never have been available uh, 30 years ago. So I see the same thing happening. Eventually, you'll have yoga teachers at the bedside in hospitals, teaching people to do yoga breathing. It'll happen. It's now happening to the staff. A lot of the staff of hospitals are, are tuning in and tuning up to yoga classes, because it works. So eventually I see that all these natural things getting into our medical system. Uh, there are some doctors who are trying to do that. Dr. Uh, Oz is really trying, and uh, a few other doctors, uh, uh, Dr. Weil, a few other trying to educate medical students. We just had a big conference, a thousand doctors in New York City who came to an integrative healthcare conference where they're talking about all natural, 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 natural. So it's happening. It will shift, but I think you are. It's up to you to educate yourself as much as possible. That's what you want to educate yourself. Look up any drug you're thinking of taking. Put that drug's name and side effects into the web, and don't look at the first few sites because those are paid for by the drug companies. Keep scrolling down and then read about the side effects. So. It, it wouldn't be happening. Doctors are required to take an oath. First, do no harm. It's in the Hippocratic Oath. Don't ever injure anybody. But the pharmaceutical companies aren't, aren't required to take that oath. They are, they are interested in making money. Um, you mentioned supplements and multivitamins. Yes. Um, and Dr. Oz, and my sister watches him religiously, as many people do, mm -hmm. and she takes every supplement that he comes out with. I mean, the <laughs> coffee beans and the raspberry ketones. What do you think of those types of things? She's only, she takes so many different things like that. I'm like, that just distinct doesn't seem like He does talk about those things, but I think what's more important is the emphasis. Uh, he's really, he wants to... I know him very well. I, I am great friends, and I'm actually writing a book with his father-in-law and his mother-in-law, my close friends, and I've, I've known him for years. So he's, he's purposely trying to take a middle-of-the-road position and expose people to information and let them decide. I don't believe in taking too many supplements, especially coffee bean extract, no. That's like, okay, you can, you can lose weight taking meth. But I wouldn't recommend it. Well, I wouldn't compare that. Caffeine. To <laughs> I would because caffeine is in the same family right. as methamphetamine. 
So you're going to have side effects. Stephanie told me that the sugar and the cocaine were kind of the same, and I said, I've been wasting all my money on this cocaine when I could have had sugar. <laughs> in the same family, uh-huh. have this move you in that direction, let's say. Let's say move you in that direction. So, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I think he's trying, because he's trying to deal with just getting people a little bit healthier. I personally would take a further position myself. But he wants to, you know, stay in business. <laughs> he wants to get to, he's having enough trouble with the kinds of things he's recommending. So mainly I think that the, the floor, supplements are the shingles on the roof. If you don't have a good floor and walls, you don't have a house. Floor and walls is diet and exercise. So diet and exercise make, and he had Dr. Furman on his program recently, Dr. Barnard on his program. He's exposing people to this new information as much as he can. He can't take too extreme a position from the television network point of view. So, um, so yeah, the, the bottom line about diet, uh, whatever you eat, you should really enjoy. I think the mind is way more powerful than food. Since I've spent a whole half an hour talking about food. food. Food is the central system of our body. It's how we rejuvenate ourselves. And yoga talks a lot about having a, a peaceful diet so that you can keep your mind more peaceful. Why? Because you want to live longer. Why do you want to live longer if life is such a crapshoot? Because, because if you live long enough, you have enough experience that you get wise. And wisdom is a lot of fun. Thus we learn by living longer, making all our mistakes, becoming deeper, becoming wiser. And the great yogis just laugh a lot. They laugh. They laugh at life because they're not afraid of death. And they just think life is, is a, a, a variety show. And it's a fun thing. And it should be fun. And it's more fun when we do our yoga practices. So that's what this handout is about. The health benefits of yoga. Um, so I thought of four really good reasons not to eat anything you want, get sick and die young. <laughs> Number one, it's not so much fun to get sick. So that's why educating ourselves about these things are helpful. Number two, we're supposed to be doing something here on. We, we have, the body is a mini recreation vehicle. We've got headlights, kitchen, trash compactor, wheels, horn. It's a little mini RV for the soul. The soul's driving around for a temporary fun. Um, just to have a temporary experience and in the beginning always one if you see that yantra over there see in the center that's the beginning that's that's sort of a picture of the big bang the big bang theory okay in the beginning everything was one and then god was going one 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 kind of boring around here and so i decided to to have a big explosion of energy and all these forms came out. But we're still connected. We seem to be separate, but we're still all connected to each other. And in fact, there's only one of us here. That's what E equals MC squared means. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's one being appearing as many. It's one amount of energy that always stays the same, just appearing in all these different names and forms. That's the cool thing is that if we think of the aerial view of what we're doing here as humans, then we make healthier choices in our lifestyle. And, and 
they say experience is the best teacher. That proverb actually got changed by history, the original proverb was, experience is the best teacher for fools. The wise learn by observation. <laughs> so we shouldn't have to fall in all the holes before we learn. <laughs> yes, we can learn by observing what works and what doesn't work. Well, here's how yoga helps you stay healthy. For one thing, when muscles are stretched slowly, it increases our anti-inflammatory hormones, prostaglandins. So, guess what? The gentle stretching of yoga helps you be out of pain. So it's worth it to do it. Get out of pain. Your muscles, when they're tight, they send a message to the brain. Ow, 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 ow. After you stretch them, they send a message to your brain. Hmm. Oh, I'm so relaxed. I feel so much better. So that's why massage feels good. And... Uh, you can't always afford a massage or find somebody to give you one. Yoga is like giving your own body a massage. By stretching in the various position, you give your body a massage. Let's all do it right right now. Stretch up for a minute. Just stretch. Put your thumbs together and pull. Stretch. Look up. And then come down. Shake out. And ah, feel better? Just that one little thing. Yoga feels good. Okay, so next... Circulation is improved systematically in the various parts of the body, and that allows them to do better healing work. So step by step. Increase lymph flow, number three. This is what I'm working on with Dr. Oz's father-in-law. He, as a cardiac surgeon, he's also one, he noticed that when he operated on people for a valve disease in their hearts, that their lymph around their heart looked all clear. But when he operated on people who had actual coronary blockage, like Clinton did, their lymph was all cheesy. So he, he decided to do an experiment. Yes, think that when you want to order extra cheese, right? Um, so he did an experiment in animal volunteers. <laughs> he cut their lymph around their heart, and in three weeks they had coronary blockages. So that's how fast the lymph could blockage could contribute so keeping our lymph flowing keeps our heart healthy let's all take a deep breath we just pumped the lymph the lymph circulates in little tiny channels along our blood vessels we have four times as much lymph as we do blood anything any fluid that leaks out of the circulation system of the blood will be picked up by the lymph and brought back and then dumped into the back into the bloodstream so this channels and these little tiny lymph nodes are part of our maintenance organism where the white cells move around and help protect us from things. So again, let's all take a deep breath. <coughs> we just pump some lymph around the heart. Keep our heart healthy. Okay. Lowered blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate, and LDL small particles. So actually, even one yoga class will lower your blood pressure. Lower your heart rate. Give it a rest. The heart feeds itself during the rest between beats. So if you're going slower, it has more time to feed itself. Keep the muscle healthy. The heart beats 100,000 times a day. That's a very hard-working muscle. It needs to get good blood supply to work well. So we rebalance our parasympathetics and sympathetics. Parasympathetic is our alarm, fight or flight. Parasympathetic, that's sympathetic, our response through the adrenals, adrenaline response. Parasympathetics, lean back, look at the ceiling. Ah. So we need to balance those two nervous systems. Decrease stress hormones, the adrenaline, cortisol, which is long-term stress. 
and then increase relaxation hormones, the endorphins, are 100 times more potent than morphine, the mo most powerful painkiller in the hospitals. Morphine. You can give yourself morphine <laughs> by increasing your endorphins. When do we make endorphins? Exercise makes them. That's the runner's high. But also one, even one yoga class will do that. Increase your endorphins. Laughing increases your endorphins. Um, does somebody have a pen? Oh, here's one. Uh, if you hold a pen like this, your endorphins stay the same. Have you had a hand like this? A smile? A smile smiling? That's all I think it could say endorphins. Really? <laughs> endorphins go up when you're happy. Yeah. Because oh, you're smiling. Because you're smiling. You make more natu natural opiates. Natural painkillers are endorphins. And even affects my work. So the next time you're feeling really stressed, Laughter increases endorphins. Yeah. Even even if even planning to watch a funny movie three days ahead of time, your endorphins will go up. That's how powerful laughter is. Laughter is a great remedy. And yoga isn't ha ha hariyom hariyom. Yoga is a way to increase our endorphins. And serotonin, the tranquility hormone, increased by Prozac. The problem with, ta again, taking a drug is that 15% of people on Prozac or similar uh, medications have rage as a side effect. So 80% of the school shootings, antidepressant related. And they don't work very well, antidepressants. They don't work very well. Actually, the, they found out that the drug companies only published the studies that showed that they worked and buried the studies that show, many more studies showed they didn't work. So when you compare uh, the effects of running, say, or exercise, or yoga with antidepressants, they work better as an antidepressant because they increase your serotonin naturally without side effects. Melatonin is made from serotonin. So if you didn't have a tranquil day, it's very hard to sleep at night because you can't make melatonin. So being tranquil during the day is what yoga is all about. That's why we have the soothing music. We say Om. When you sing, you vibrate in your neck uh, veins and arteries. And what this does is protect your arteries particularly, keeps them more flexible. So music keeps you flexible. Certain kinds of music, peaceful music. Um, dopamine is associated with joy. It's one of the reasons that Meth is addictive, but you can increase your dopamine naturally by yoga. Oh, cocaine, yes. <laughs> Oxytocin is our bonding hormone. Uh, reach out and touch someone right now. Just touch somebody. You just made some oxytocin. <laughs> Whenever we touch each other, we make oxytocin. So you can't always find somebody to touch. You can make it yourself. You can make it yourself through doing yoga. Um, increased balancing right and left brain. Our left brain is the worry brain, thinking A, B, C, D, I wonder what time the lecture's over, what's next, and then time and space. But the right brain doesn't experience time and space at all, which is a little clue. They don't exist. In fact, time and space move through us. We're not going anywhere. It, we appear to move through time and space, but E equals MC squared says it's just something the brain does. So there's a very wonderful... Um, book called My Stroke of Insight. It's a PhD brain researcher from Harvard, Jill Bolte-Taylor. You can watch her on YouTube. She's, she's a lecturer since she did a TED talk. She, she stroked out her left brain, so all she could do was live in her right brain. 
And she said, it was fantastic. <laughs> it took her seven hours to dial 911 because she couldn't like hold the phone and dial the numbers because she was just stuck in now. And that's what the, the thing about the right brain is that, I mean, she eventually recovered enough function to walk and talk normally. But um, we can access the right brain when we do alternate nostril breathing. As part of yoga, we balance right and left brain. So we get in that playful right brain. Whenever we chant or sing, we get in that right brain. So they actually have a, a, a therapy group in California where you sing your problems into the microphone. Oh, I'm having a hard time with my husband. <laughs> and as soon as we sing, we start to laugh because we step outside time and space. When you sing, you don't sing to get to the end of the song. Well, thank God I finished that song. We're in each note. We step outside time and space, which is what the right brain does. So I was stuck in traffic up on 495 which they regularly make into a parking lot. And I'm going to a stress management lecture and I'm wearing my shoulders like earrings. You know, when we're under stress, we hackle, we drop. And, uh, and I thought, this is bad. <laughs> so I made up this traffic song. It went traffic jam, traffic jam, traffic all the way. And it was summer and people in the other cars were like looking. All of a sudden it was okay to be where I was. It was okay just to be there. As soon as you start singing your problems, you look at them differently. It's a great way to step outside time and space. And so we do that through our alternostral breathing in, in yoga. We in, through meditation, we increase alpha, beta, and uh, alpha, theta, and gamma, which are the slower brain waves. So we're all meditating all the time. On what is the question? <laughs> Generally, meditate on worry with the left brain. And yesterday. Tomorrow, but what meditation does by repeating, listening to our breath or repeating a mantra, we start to get into the each moment where the real joy lives. The word happy has as its root happening, so you can't pursue happiness. You can't, because then you're in the pursuit. You're not in the happening. Happeningness is where the happiness lives. So you're about as happy, guys, gals girls, folks, <laughs> as you're ever going to be. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, we have a natural happiness within us. When the mind gets peaceful, we feel it. Ha have you all felt that at the end of a yoga class? Have you all had a little of that feeling yet? No. <laughs> Uh-oh, more yoga. <laughs> what feeling? That feeling of peace and happiness. Yeah. That's what when we're aiming. Over, yeah. yeah, when it's over. <laughs> Well, meditation can get you to be established. Meditation gets you to be established in that. And it's, uh, it's next one, EEG synchronicity. All the parts of the brain start to get in sync with each other. There's only one other state that that happens, and that's orgasm. So there's something to look forward to in this deep meditation. <laughs> it's not physical. It's beyond that. The yogis call it bliss. And uh, it actually changes the shape of your brain if you meditate regularly. It increases the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of the brain that has to do with reasoned decision-making. It's the part that's smallest in teenagers, <laughs> which is why we need to teach our teenagers to meditate. And it actually, uh, meditation increases your IQ. So here are the components of yoga class. We, again, we talked with about chanting, balancing the right and left brain. The eye exercises, the eyes are the only part of the brain that you can see on the surface of the body. In the, in the, as, as the embryo is developing, the brain actually takes part of itself and forms the eyes. 
cool. Huh? So you can see people's brains in their eyes. And that's why you can tell what a person is thinking by looking in their eyes, but not by looking at their hand or their foot. Because I can see right into your brain. And those connections are all there. So if you do eye exercises in yoga, you help to get the mind more peaceful. Because all those connections are there. The sun salutation, all the different poses, have they done sun salutation? Yeah. It, the, the spine is like a stack of blocks. It needs to be strong but very flexible because the nerves are coming out between these vertebrae, these blocks. And so releasing, let's all do a little releasing now. And relaxing, stretching and twisting. What we're doing is we're getting this stack of blocks to maintain their flexibility so the nerves that come out from them can feel better. And that's the idea. We do honor your own body, move at your own pace, go half as far as you think you can, but just, if, and if you strain, you'll lose the benefit. So yoga should be gentle. Uh, these, these power yogas are they count for physical exercise, but you also need restorative or relaxation type of yoga too. And uh, so we get uh, then the backward bends, the cobra opens up the chest and the, the, the locust, the low back keeps it flexible, sitting for long periods of time, listening to fascinating lectures like this. <laughs> it's very hard on the back. So that's why we need things that loosen up our low back particularly. And uh, then the forward bends. When you do a forward bend, you're pulling on parasympathetic nerves, which come out at the base of the spine. So you actually increase your sense of relaxation. So if you do that regularly, you can notice it. When you come to that in a yoga class, your body goes, ah, oh, into a more relaxed state. And then shoulder stand, turning the body upside down, draining all the toxins uh, from uh, increasing your, your lymph flow and uh, blood flow and to take care of your thyroid, pituitary, pineal, the fish opening up your lungs, the spinal twist working on your adrenals. Let's do a spinal twist. Working on your adrenals and your kidneys. Give them a nice twist like that. It feels good to release those adrenals. And then finally the yogic seal where you bend and stretch your low back. And then dessert, which is deep relaxation, where you squeeze the muscles and then let go, let's do this, everybody squeeze, ah, let go. And you feel an instant sense of extra relaxation from that. And then, if you take a rubber band and pull it and then let go, it'll be more relaxed. So you're doing that to your body. Then you send the mind systematically through the different parts of the body. If you hook up a biofeedback device to your thumb and say, my thumb is getting hotter, my thumb is getting hotter, in about six sessions, you can make your thumb get hotter. So you can send your mind over parts of your body and help them heal. And they've actually studied this. This is a very powerful visualization. So then the breathing exercises, let's all take a deep breath. There are stretch receptors in the lungs. When you stretch them, they fire a signal to the brain that then fires a signal to relax all the muscles in your body. The most portable stress management tool, deep breathing. Let's all try it again. So the next time you feel yourself get tense, do that deep breathing and keep working on making your breath be deeper as you go through your day. Deep breathing and laughter, the two handy, keep them in your back pocket. And meditation, visualization, imagery, and then the applications are on the next page. So final questions. What else would you like me to talk about? I'm Irish, I can go forever. 
<laughs> I'm so glad to have you at Yogaville to share my experiences. I'm almost 70. I've been doing this a long time. And I believe in the power of yoga. One of the things that <coughs> drug companies do is, is try very hard to find a new diagnosis so they can give it a new drug and make lots of money. It's, uh, it's all, yeah, it's all this oriented. So we There's have to... Nice people in the medical field. Yes, there are, and people <laughs> are trying to I do it. I know. I'm, I'm talking about the drug right. companies. Even in the drug companies, there are some nice people. No, I didn't say medical field. I said drug companies. So the drug companies have their bottom line to pay for. And now the hospitals are more and more uh, profit-oriented, so they're also got their bottom line. But what, what's hopeful is that, as a general public, we can educate each other. We can share our experiences. And that's where the Internet has a huge role to play, because people are talking. People are sharing remedies natural things you can find all over the internet and uh, Dr. Oz was complaining because uh, he was uh, everybody was trying to use his picture to sell stuff and but it's true that people are really trying and looking for things that do work and ultimately I think overdiagnosis will will be seen as crazy yep uh, the Canadians a little smarter in some areas, and and they sell drugs over the internet. So some of both. Anyway, we cannot. <laughs> Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. We can focus on weaknesses, which makes us crazy. But this works. This I know works and I've been doing it. And it's interesting that a lot of politicians are interested in this because they want to look good and they want to live longer. Mm -hmm. It took Clinton, he knew about this, but he was still doing the donuts. until He actually developed his heart disease after, or his symptoms of it, after he left the White House and he was trying to lose weight for his book tour, so he went on the South Beach diet. So every day he was going down to his local place to eat and he would have a hamburger patty without the bun thinking he was doing great on a low-carb diet. Well, that's what a low-carb diet did to him. It, he, then he got pain, and then he had his bypass. But he'd had a whole history of donuts. He's from Arkansas. Exactly. <laughs> Gravy is a beverage down there. <laughs> so, yes. So, but anyway, we can learn from watching what people do and what works, and we can share what works. And, and I think it's, it's happening. I, I was in... Um, New York City, there's a big billboard that said uh, it was advertising the Acela train, the fast train between DC and New York. It said as relaxing as a yoga class. And I thought, oh boy, they're using they're using yoga to advertise the train. <laughs> See, that's it. It's coming everywhere. I don't really care. I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be in the medical system. I can understand, no. and and they don't they don't do. In Canada, they're more cautious about mammograms because radiation increases your risk of cancer. So you do not want to have repeated radiations. There's a balance. Integrative health care is what it's about. I mean, how often do you think women should get mammograms? Because they're saying every year. I, I think it's a personal decision. It's hard. It's hard to decide. It's hard to decide. If you've grown up in the American diet, then you probably should go every year. I mean, if people haven't switched over, then, you know. Well, everybody should make a personal decision. I say that's educated what I educated personal decision. Educated personal decision.
Yes. Just a question about things that you use topically. Yes. Um, I know somebody that won't use deodorant because of some of the ingredients in deodorant. I'm not a fan of deodorant. Mm -hmm. I think if the body wants to get rid of something, don't stop it up and prevent it. There may be a relationship between deodorant and antiperspirants in breast cancer. Nobody's ever studied it. We don't have the science behind it. Why? Because nobody can make any money off of it. So I think soap and water, best idea yet. And don't use caffeine because it, it makes it worse. And the animal products. Make it worse. Yeah. yeah I mean, you if you're vegan, it really isn't. Just yeah. The yeah. Smell it's of vegan. It, yeah. So if you go to the zoo, the animals that eat meat smell much worse. So again, vegan diet helps you smell better. What about when people are transitioning and going off certain foods and they don't feel good right up? You know, they don't. There's like a detox. Can you talk about that, like headaches and stuff like that? Uh, if you go off caffeine suddenly, you'll get headache for sure. No, if you, yeah, big yeah, yeah, big time. So <laughs> you want to taper off. Swings and I'm a big fan of chamomile. Chamomile is an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety. Both. It'll do both. And it's natural. So it'll soothe the nervous system without side effects. Uh, lavender. I like chamomile lavender. Or ginger tea is anti-inflammatory. Red tea chai is a really good choice. Red tea chai. You can go and have that at Starbucks. That's yeah. that's. So what healthy. do you drink in the morning when you get up? Cinnamon tea. Cinnamon stabilizes blood sugar, keeps you healthy. So cinnamon herb tea. It'll wake you up because it's got plenty of flavor. Yeah. What about when people go off meat and get headaches and things like that, and they don't feel like the detox period? How long does that last? It's not very long for most people. If you add fiber, the the body can get gas a little bit in the beginning, but eventually it adjusts and then you're fine. You have to eat so. more, I would tell them. So it's kind of like going off caffeine or going off meat, it's kind of the same, like a detox period. Yes, 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 you can have a detox period. Yeah, absolutely. Most people start to feel better within a week or two. But if you eat meat... Same thing off of caffeine. Within a week or two, you start to feel better. Everybody who gives up caffeine says the same thing. They feel less tired. If you eat meat, yeah, because you're not doing this. If you eat meat or the dairy, you will stay satisfied appetite-wise. So you have to be ready to eat more often on a vegan diet. Yeah, that you'll get hungry. Yeah, it was in some people. Not everybody has that, and so you can eat more rice and beans. That makes you feel satisfied. Right, more often, I think. It's, yeah, it's more of a grazing. You can type eat of thing. more of a grazing type thing. Depends on the person. Right. Absolutely. But th but that's a very good point. Was it? You want to help we, them along. Yeah. You want to notice how your body reacts to things. Notice how you feel after you eat something. Mm -hmm. What about you? I mean, obviously, the fiber. What about things like? I mean, I always use. Um, I always grind my own flaxseed and, and things. Great. And, and do do chia seeds and things like that. That's oh, all, fantastic! Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they count in the in the spectrum of things all the eat the rainbow all the different colors all the you different can't flavors. OD on that kind of stuff no <laughs> no no and the, the idea is to have fun with your diet because again uh, it's getting easier uh, you can go to Whole Foods and you just eat off their salad bar and you're fine and I that's the way that's the way one of my patients reversed his diabetes he just went there every day. Made his life easy. 
His wife didn't like to cook, so he just ate the stuff from the salad bar. Make make like olive oil. Well, olive is a natural food, but it's naturally bitter. Actually, they have to do a lot of processing to to make you even able to eat an olive. If you eat it right from the tree, it's very bitter. So our senses are designed that we like sweet things because they're less likely to be poisonous. So that's how come we have this tendency for sugar addiction. But we, when you eat fresh fruit, after a while, things like sugary uh, cookies and cakes don't taste very good anymore because they really don't have the taste that a fresh ripe mango or a fresh ripe banana or pineapple has, a full spectrum of taste. So then... Um, what, what we have in terms of um, our sense mechanism gets us in trouble, too, in terms of fats. Because in the winter, you need to stay warm. So the body craves fats it, because it keeps you warm. How to overcome our tendency of the senses to, to, to carry us away? That's the question. Well, if we have enough, say four to five pieces of fresh fruit per day. That's the best choice. Not dried fruit, but fresh whole fruit. Two salads a day. If you fill up on that, eventually your cravings for other things go away. So I think, Sharon, were you asking if, it, if it's not healthy to do yeah. olive oil? What, what, where's the place for olive oil? Or extra extra well, you don't see any animal pouring olive oil on your food. And so, but it sort of mixes things together nicely. Well, that's because we've gotten used to eating greasy food. We've gotten used to eating fatty food. And olive oil is healthier than red meats, but healthier still is not adding, or if you do add, very little. If you're trying to reverse disease, no added oils. But if you're trying to prevent disease, you can probably get away with a little. But there's 100 calories per tablespoon. So that's a lot of calories. And there's a certain amount of saturated fat per tablespoon, even in olive oil. And that saturated fat is inflammatory. And if you're trying to keep your weight down, adding oil isn't a good idea. I like to just mash up tomato and mix it in with my vegetables in a salad. And I, like, I actually prefer my salad that way. I've gotten used to it. But again, you could probably add maybe a teaspoon yeah, once in a while. You have to ease into that. There's a book called Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease on the book list. Okay. It has a it has a <laughs> it has a chapter called Why Can't I Have Quote Unquote Heart Healthy Oils? And it explains all this. Okay. That it's all just advertising, pushing it. Well, like that's what you're used to. I mean Yeah, like advertising pushing like green tea. I'll tell you, every one of my patients who've gotten off green tea feels so much better. It makes it your muscles Green tea is not good. It makes your muscles tight. It makes you feel terrible. You wake up feeling crawling. You get so many mixed messages. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is one of those things. So many mixed messages. Green tea at least has less caffeine than coffee, but it still has caffeine. And caffeine, that book on, on the book list is called Caffeine Blues. Caffeine will send, you, send up your energy level. Like if you're saying like this. You're coming along a baseline, you take caffeine, you go, what do you have to do? You have to go down here before you recover. And what does that look like? BKG, heartbeat. Uh, so that's, what, that's the definition of stress. So green tea is just a liquid glass of stress. 
and it's being promoted again. It's marketing. Oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> what about um, you, you're also told about red wine and other? You know, yes. Well, <laughs> alcohol is a poison. Even if you take, <laughs> even if good. Yes. If you, even if you take one. <laughs> <laughs> and it does not prevent heart disease. That's also another myth. How about coconut oil? Coconut oil is less inflammatory than some of the other oils, but it still has a fair amount of saturated fat. So you can use a little of it. It actually has some anti-inflammatory effects. So a little bit of coconut oil here and there. Yeah. But oils in general are not natural. The coconut, yes. Coconut water, yes. That's a good choice. Coconut water is a great choice because it's got potassium and magnesium. I'm going to say something is good for you, right? That's tasty. <laughs> Coconut water. Next, next, next sex is out of the tangy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Get all my vices. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, the problem with alcohol is it really doesn't help you on the spiritual path. Um, even if you take one beer or one glass of wine, it, it's having that effect on your brain. It, 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 it poisons the inhibitory centers of your brain. So you feel relaxed from poison. Do you have to poison yourself to feel good? I mean, do we have 23 miserable hours a day and one happy hour a day caused by poisoning ourselves? Even if you take one beer, one beer or one glass of wine, five yeah. it, and it increases risk of prostate cancer. It increases risk of breast cancer. Even if you have one drink a day, four times the risk of breast cancer. One drink a day, four times the risk of breast cancer. You can look that up on the web. Look it all up on the web. I'm, what I'm saying is not out of well, nowhere. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a French model on the internet. <laughs> if you take one beer, one or one glass of wine, and take a biopsy of your liver and look at it under the microscope, there'll be death to the liver cells. It'll die trying to keep it out of your bloodstream. Why make it do that? And, uh, and once again, there are better ways to relax, and that's where yoga comes in. It doesn't hurt the body. It helps you. It helps you. Plus, most automobile accidents, alcohol-related, they, they texting while driving, catching up, distracted driving. Most murders, alcohol-related. Most gunshot wounds, alcohol-related. Most horseback riding accidents, alcohol-related. Most boating accidents, alcohol-related. Most snake bites, alcohol-related. It wasn't the snake drinking the alcohol. <laughs> so as a culture, it's a terrible choice. And we can be the change we want to see. Anyway, we are naturally happy, and yoga can help us get in touch with that. It's just so nice not to have drunk people around. That's the one, another beauty. change water into wine or something? Mm -hmm. okay. We're going to change wine into water. So that'll be a bigger miracle. <laughs> so how many times a week do you do yoga? They used to drink wine because the water was so bad, not because that's the wine why, was that's so That's what I'm saying. That's that, what I'm worried about. That's <laughs> not... <laughs> how many times yoga? Well, yoga is something that you can practice all day long. You just take a deep breath. You just look what you're focusing on. You watch what you're, how your body feels after something. Um, just notice what other people are doing and how they look and feel. Yoga is really a continuous practice of, I would say, of connecting to our essential self, our immortal self, our, our true nature. 
Um, I love the books on near-death studies. I didn't put them on the book list, but um, I, I, I really love a book called um, Saved by the Light um, by Daniel Brinkley, who's a friend of mine. He was talking on the telephone during a thunderstorm, and lightning came in through the telephone line and electrocuted him. It's about 25 years ago, old-fashioned phone. Like three times, though, right? He had two more near-death experiences after that. But he had the first one with his old-fashioned telephones, and it actually burned his footprints into the carpet. It was so bad. And they took him to the hospital. It took him 28 minutes to fully resuscitate him. And uh, he had a long near-death experience, and he came floating down the hospital corridor in his spirit body, and they... Um, and then he found his body. They'd taken it out in the hallway and put a sheet over his head. They were getting ready to take it to the morgue. And he thought, oh, this is God's joke. I have all this information, and I'm dead. And, mm-hmm. and in that moment, he was back in his body, but he was temporarily paralyzed from the lightning. So all he could do was start blowing on the sheet. And his, and his friend who was standing there crying saw the sheet move and said, whoa. And wheeled him back in the ER and finished resuscitating him. And, he, and he's had two m- more of those near-death experiences. And like most of the people, he says, after you die, you're just you, only a little thinner. <laughs> you can see through your body. And you sit and uh, review your life, and nobody judges you. You judge you. Mm-hmm. You budge, judge yourself based on two criterion. Did you follow that diet? <laughs> no, thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God it's not that. one of them. <laughs> this how much love did you give and you get to see each major scene in your life whether you chose love or not and then how much love did you allow yourself to receive because in receiving people's love you also serve yourself and others so that's it how much love do we give none of this other stuff matters and yoga helps us to give love because you feel happy and peaceful you can bring love to life to your relationship. You bring a whole loving person, you don't expect them to give you happiness. You bring happiness to the world. You bring happeningness to the world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking away your vices, but I'm giving you happiness in exchange. (laughs) Well, we're getting uh, past due time. Yes. Uh, But thank you all so much. Any final final questions? I I hope I've inspired you to do... You feel the love. Hooray. Well, here's what happened to Daniel. When he, when he finished his life review, they said, we, we can help you. He was with this sort of angelic, more advanced being. And he said, we can help you, but you're going to have to do some work. He said, well, I may have been too dumb to hang up the phone during a thunderstorm, but I'm not too dumb to take yourself. You're going to have to forgive everybody who ever hurt you, and then you're going to have to forgive yourself. And he said it was a lot harder to forgive himself it was to forgive everybody else. But when he finished that work, then they helped him raise up his energy, and he became everyone. That's enlightenment. There's only one of us here. (laughs) And uh, I was talking about this with a friend over dinner, and he just looked at me and he said, I said, there's only one of us here. He said, which one? (laughs) See, then I thought, well, there goes the whole Mideast crisis in a nutshell. We think we're separate. But we can know that we're one. And that's what yoga I is. You were yoga. Very good. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's paying the bill? I love it. 
Well, but then if we know that we're all one, then we treat each other as if we're, as if we're our, each other's fingers and toes. We're all connected. So it's more fun. The wise people say, yeah, pick up the toilet paper. Don't forget to laugh. Treat everybody as if they are you. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.